Today, we take a look at Brock Nelson as he reaches the 30-goal mark for the second straight year. The New Islanders line that had a fantastic game against the Ducks and a full preview of Saturday night's big game against the Sharks. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for being part of the Locked On Islanders family and for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to talk about on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, maybe you have a question for us or a comment about something we've talked about, or maybe you'd like to bring up a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to email us at lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name, and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars. NYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's really a pleasure to talk Islanders hockey with fellow Islanders fans game time or anytime. so please do reach out. We have got uh, a lot to discuss, but first things first, let's uh, congratulate one Brock Nelson on reaching the 30-goal mark for the second straight year something he had not done in his previous eight years in the NHL. And last year, Nelson set a personal best with 37 goals in 72 games, but he has an outside chance now with 12 games left on the schedule of matching that, but he already has 30 in 70 games. And he does have a new career high with 65 points in 70 games. So it is possible that Brock Nelson could be a point-a-game player if he finishes strong. Uh, I think 35 goals is not impossible, but he would really need to, you know, have perhaps at least another couple of two-goal games or a hat trick in a two-goal game to reach that mark. Uh, seven goals in 12 games, impossible, no, likely, well, maybe not necessarily, but 
the thing about Brock Nelson is that he is just seemingly gaining confidence and playing better as his career has progressed. And, you know, that's not atypical when you're 24, 25. Okay, each year you get a little stronger. He's 31 and seemed to really step up his game at the age of 30 to a different level. And that is a great thing to see. You know, prior to that, he had four seasons of 20 or more goals. And, you know, he would have had another one had the 2020, 21, 2021 campaign been more than 56 games. And he probably would have had another 30 goals uh, in 2019, 2020. Again, had the COVID-19 pandemic not shortened that season to 68 uh, games. If he would have gotten to 82 games, played another 14, as it were, then, you know, would he have gotten four goals in 14 games? Not definite, but pretty likely. So, really, we have seen Brock Nelson take his game to another level. And what is it that has sort of gotten him there? Well, you know, here's what Lane Lambert had to say. He's taking advantage of his opportunities and shooting the puck when he can, and he's doing a really good job. And you look at the shot totals for Brock Nelson, and they are up a little bit this year. Uh, he has 199 shots on goal in 70 games so far this year. Last year, 171 shots on goal in 72 games. So that number is up. But his shot attempts are up even more. 370 total shots attempted this year. And, you know, he's got to get more of those attempted shots on goal, I think. That goes without saying. But, uh, you know, 370 attempted shots is very, very impressive. And, look, Brock Nelson asking why, what made his game better over the last two years. Different roles, maybe, Nelson said. Switching to the half wall definitely helped a little bit on the power play. I've always said that just gets you a few more touches and looks. So I think with that probably is a little bit of confidence and just playing trying to stay aggressive and be on the attack and always think. You've got to stay patient, but you are always still thinking offense. So, look, uh, can he reach 40 goals this season? Maybe. It is a little bit of a long shot, but, you know, the 35 assists this year, a career high. The points that he's accumulated this year, that's a career high. And when you realize the different line combinations that Brock Nelson has played with this team over the course of not just this season, but really the last few seasons because of the turnover and the injuries and uh, COVID and all the different factors that you sort of put together, the one consistent thing that we've seen has been Brock Nelson. And... As much as Matthew Barzal may be the most dynamic player on the Islanders offensively, and Anders Lee uh, may be the most, uh, you know, the guy who goes into the dirty areas and gets the deflections and the tips and the rebounds, 
And Bo Horvat may be sort of a combination of those kind of players. But Brock Nelson, right now, over the last two years especially, I think he's been the most consistent offensive weapon that the Islanders have had. And, you know, even now, his shooting percentage, 15.1, that's the third best percentage of his career last year, 21.6, a career high. Didn't think he was going to match that. It was way over his average, of career average of 14.3. But realistically, Brock Nelson is a big reason why the New York Islanders are still in the playoff hunt this year. And he is leading the team right now in goals, in points. He's second in assists, only behind Matthew Barzal. And he is a plus eight, which places him near the top on this team, not at the top. Uh, Five of his 30 goals on the power play, 11 of his 35 assists. And he leads the team with six game-winning goals. So lots to like right now about Brock Nelson And uh, he has to continue to play well if the Islanders are going to complete this run and make the playoffs. We have got more to discuss on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll talk about the line that keyed the victory against the Ducks and whether or not Lane Lambert will keep them together, why they actually have such good chemistry And uh, we'll also preview this big game coming up Saturday in San Jose. We've got all that and more coming up on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We're now past the midway point of the NBA season, and this is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained. And yeah, you could use your knowledge of the Islanders on FanDuel too. Check out the odds for all things about Saturday's game in San Jose as the Islanders wrap up their West Coast swing. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance at your first no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So the Islanders put together a new line before the game uh, on Wednesday in Anaheim against the Ducks. And that line really made a difference. It was Brock Nelson, who we talked a little bit about uh, in our first segment, along with Kyle Palmieri and newcomer Pierre Engvall. And, you know, Palmieri and Engvall both give you a certain dose of speed, I think, You know, Nelson and Palmieri both can finish. Uh, The fact that these three guys sort of complement each other makes them good. Their talents overlap but aren't identical. And I I think that helps. Engvall had this to say after the game up in uh, Anaheim. I think we had some good chemistry We are finding each other pretty good. I try to use my speed. I think it worked really well. 
it was a nice game. Palmieri, who had a career-high four points in a game, a goal and three assists, had this to say about Engvall. He's settling in and getting to know the system. It's a little different how we play and how much structure we play with. It takes some getting used to. I went through it a couple of years ago, and it's not easy jumping right into it. And if you think about it, a couple of things. First of all, yeah, Palmieri, when he first came to the Islanders uh, at the trade deadline, what was it, two years ago? He struggled for all of the regular season. Uh, and I think he had like a dozen regular season games or so after joining the Islanders. He was not producing consistently. In the playoffs, You get when he got a little bit more comfortable, you started to see more of what Palms can do. And the thing about Palmieri that is frustrating as someone who watches this team so carefully and covers this team now for a few years now. He is very talented. And when he's on his game, the way he was against Anaheim, Palms can take over a game and be a difference maker in so many different respects. And yet there are other times where you watch a game and you go through it all, and, and you just kind of say, yeah. Uh, did Kyle Palmieri play? I, I don't remember him doing a lot of different things. So if, if Palmieri can be consistent, and look, you're not going to score four points in a game every game. That is the, you know, the exception to the exception to the rule. But Kyle Palmieri may be able to get in an 82-game season, give me 60 points from Kyle Palmieri. 55, 60, maybe 65. Something in that 55 to 65-point range where you know he has the talent. And yet, if he can be consistent, you know, that would make such a big difference to the New York Islanders. And now with Engvall, I think we're seeing him getting more comfortable. And, and Lane Lambert chimed in on this as well, the communications part of it and the understanding of what the language is that we use, different things that are different from other places, that takes some time to acclimatize to. And Engvall admitted that, and basically he said that his teammates have helped him. Engvall said, we're all, we've all been talking a lot on the ice, what we're going to do before we set the play. Every line I've been on, they're taking very good care of me. Now, some other moves that were made by Lane Lambert, putting Simon Holmstrom back in the game, taking out Josh Bailey, uh, you sort of wonder what is going to happen come Saturday night. Who's going to be in the lineup? Who's not going to be in the lineup? Bailey has played 61 games this year. He has eight goals. 17 assists, and 25 points. Uh, believe it or not, uh, he is a plus five this year, which I don't think a lot of fans would have realized. Uh, but Bales has been a plus player. Meanwhile, if you look at Simon Holmstrom, hasn't been much more productive. 41 games, four goals, one assist, five points. He's a minus three. Statistically... Bailey gives you a little bit more offense, a little bit more experience. Holmstrom probably gives you a little bit more speed uh, uh, and maybe a little bit more hustle. But 
neither one of those players is really lighting things up. And I will say this, what I expect Lane Lambert to do with regard to those two players is maybe, depending on the opponent, depending on who's hot and who's not, seeing those two players kind of alternate a little bit. Whoever's hot, ride the hot hand. If you're playing a team that, you know, you need a little bit more speed, maybe you go with Holmstrom. If you're playing a team that, uh, you know, you want an extra guy who can really pass the puck, you go with Bailey. But I think maybe by alternating these two players until Matthew Barzal gets healthy and can return to the lineup, what you end up doing under those circumstances is A, you keep both of them hungry and thereby try to maximize what you can get out of them. And B, you kind of uh, you, you kind of tailor your needs where you play the hot hand or the player whose skill set best helps you strategize what to do with any given opponent. And that may be how to make the best of a difficult situation. And maybe you throw Ross Johnston in there. If there's an opponent that's going to be really physical, you could throw him into the lineup if you need to every once in a while. And look, one thing about Josh Bailey, uh, and I know he's not a fan favorite of a lot of people. One thing about Bailey, in the playoffs, when the Islanders made their runs to the conference final two years ago, three years ago, Bailey stepped up his game in the postseason. And I get the feeling, knowing what we know about Lane Lambert and knowing what we know about Lou Lamorello, they'll probably lean on Bailey before this uh, 12 games left in the season. They will lean on Bales a little bit in order to make that uh, happen. To, to bring out the clutch play in Josh Bailey. Whether he'll deliver it or not, we don't know. That remains to be seen. But I think we will see that uh, attempt by the coaching staff and by management to get him involved in more games down the stretch, at least until Matthew Barzal comes back. Still no word about Barzy skating or being any closer to returning to the ice. But, you know, those that new line that was put together, I, I hope they don't break them up. Lane Lambert has a tendency to shift lines around. I mean, Sezikis and Fashing, they were such a great combination for four or five games. And then when Clutterbuck came back into the lineup, boom, you break them up and you move Fashing around. And I... I, I I think as we head down the stretch, you want to see a little more continuity in your lines. But I don't think that's the way Lane Lambert tends to do it. We'll see how it goes down the stretch. But a uh, lot of big hockey games with 12 games left. And the Islanders battling Pittsburgh and Washington and Ottawa and Detroit and Florida for those final two playoff spots. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will preview the game in uh, San Jose on Saturday, another important must-win game for the Isles. We said they needed to get 
four points out of this three-game road trip. If they win on Saturday, they will get those four points. So important game there. And we'll also have our Islanders birthday of the day, a player who started and ended his career with the Islanders, but isn't best known as an Islander. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So Saturday, the Islanders head to San Jose to take on the Sharks. And this is, uh, again, an important game. Not so much because, oh no, uh, you know, San Jose is the team that we, you know, need to beat or they're battling for a playoff spot. No, the Sharks are in last place right now in the Pacific Division. They're even behind the uh, Anaheim Ducks, who the Islanders just beat on Wednesday in the standings. And yet, you know, this is a team that they need to be able to beat. Now, heading into uh, last night's game in Seattle, which uh, is a 10.30 Eastern time start, so that's after we record this, uh, as far as knowing the final is concerned, uh, they've lost four games in a row. Now, the last loss was to the Blue Jackets in overtime, so they did get a point. But the Sharks, look, they're, they're in the battle for Bedard. They are trying to rebuild and retool and trying to get as good a draft pick as they can. But I can tell you this with absolutely no hesitation. If you take the Sharks lightly, you're in big trouble because there are, are some very talented players on this team. And yeah, they're 31st or next to last in the league in goals allowed they're 24th in goals scored, and they no longer obviously have Timo Meyer, who still leads the team in goals with 31, even though he hasn't played for them since the trade deadline. But, you know, there are some very talented players. And one guy I'm worried about is defenseman Eric Carlson. 20 goals, 85 points on a team that right now, uh, you know, only has 19 wins heading into the game against the Kraken. He is electrifying. He can control the puck. And if the Islanders give Eric Carlson time and space in the neutral zone to skate with the puck, they are going to be in big trouble. Logan Couture, 24 goals. Uh, Tomas Hurdle with 19 goals. So they still do have some talented players on this team. Special teams, well, the power play, terrible. 27th in the league, uh, right around the Islanders' level. But the penalty kill is pretty good. They are ninth in the league, uh, which is, you know, in the top third for sure. And the Islanders' power play, as we know, hasn't been very good. So, Islanders... Got to try to get their power play going, and, and the penalty kill, hopefully, will continue to do well. The line combinations for the Sharks. Tomas Hurdle, Andreas Janssen, and Alexander uh, Barabanov. That's the top line. Logan Couture, William Eklund, and Kevin LeBanc on the second line. Nico Sturm centers Noah Greger and Evgeny Svechnikov on the third line. And on the fourth line, from left to right, Oscar Lindblom, Steven Lorenz, and Fabian Zetterlund. 
On defense, Derek Pouliot and Eric Carlson. And again, Carlson, the, the, the man to watch. Mark Edward Vlasic, a.k.a. Pickles, is on the second pair along with Nikolai uh, Knizov. And then Mario Ferraro and Matt Benning make up the third pair. The goaltenders, you have James Reimer and Capo Kakinen. So a lot of players on the IR right now. Uh, but And a couple of other guys, Radim Simic and Jacob McDonald are listed as day-to-day. We'll see if any of them are available. But this is a game that the New York Islanders absolutely have to win. Not sure whether the Islanders go with Varlamov in this game and then make sure that uh, Sorokin is extremely well-rested for their return back east in their next game, which will actually come on uh, against the Maple Leafs. We'll see about that. But uh, I think you got to play Varley at some point. It might as well be against the Sharks. The Leafs are a much tougher opponent. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, believe it or not, uh, Saturday is going to be the 46th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Zdeno Chara. Islanders drafted him back in 1996 in the third round, 56th overall. He made his NHL debut with the Isles in 97-98, stayed with the team through the 2000-2001 season before going on to Ottawa, Boston, where he probably enjoyed his biggest success, then Washington, and then last year, one more time with the Islanders, uh, 72 games, two goals, 14 points. What a career that Zdeno Chara had, though. 1,680 regular season NHL games, 209 goals, 680 points, 2,085 penalty minutes. He won the Stanley Cup, captained the team, 200 playoff games, 18 goals, 70 points, 218 penalty minutes. We're going to go back and remember one of his better games offensively as an Islander. We're concentrating more on his first go-around with the Isles. So we take you to November 28th, 1999 at the Fleet Center in Boston. Islanders and Bruins going at it. And the Islanders come away with a 2-1 win with the game-winning goal being scored by none other than Zdeno Chara, who beat Byron Defoe in the final minute of the second period to score his second goal of the year and to be uh, get the game winner. Chara, not known really for his offensive prowess while he was with the Islanders. He had some very solid offensive seasons with Ottawa and with Boston. But uh, big guy, physical, talented with the puck and without it. And even last year when he was a little slow afoot, still was able to mentor Noah Dobson, give the team some much-needed experience, and help the Islanders out in those regards. He is a future Hall of Famer, and he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result – Locked On Game to Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, 
and wherever you get your podcasts. Almost forgot to wish everybody a happy St. Patrick's Day. Hope you enjoy the holiday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday with our key takeaways from the game against San Jose and all the latest Islanders news and notes. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.